All right. That's right. It's Rodney's height. All right. Good morning, everyone. I'm not Geo. Some people can mistake me for Geo. You have the similar height and complexion. But um, <laughs> but I have to say, uh, Geo did a great job last week. Um, you know, the, the new rule for love, sex, and dating. And Geo spoke about uh, instead of finding the right person myth, he challenged, he challenged us on becoming the right person. Amen. I was given this topic, and let me tell you that I am in no way an expert on this. I have been married for um, almost 11 years uh, to my beautiful wife, uh, Maricel. She's right there. Amen. And I'm still learning. And I believe I will continue to learn. Uh, what I will be talking about is something that I'm striving um, to put into practice every day. And you might be asking, our church is uh, mostly uh, married uh, people, right? And so why are we talking about this? And I think for me as a married person, I wished uh, more people had spoke to us about this before we got married. Amen. And, you know, we thought we knew everything. But then we find out, and it turns out that we don't really know that much. And so if you're a single person, learning now will help you avoid the pitfalls that we married people um, have made. And many of us had to learn the hard way. So learn now. Yeah. Amen. What we heard last week was our present will become our past, which will then show up in our future. What you do now is going to become your past and it will show up in your future. It will be revealed in your future, whatever your, la- your, your relationship is right now. Amen. We can think it's a marriage problem, but it's not really a marriage problem. It's people with problems getting married. It's a process of being unresolved. It's uh, the process of unresolved problems um, coming into a marriage. And we learned the, the big lie. If I just marry the right person, all of the problems will go away and everything will be all right. We learned that chemistry, chemistry alone does not keep marriage together. Become the right person before you attempt to get into the right relationship. And we learned about the list. The list in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13. About love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. It's not proud. You know, and the list goes on. And that's what we are trying to become. We also learned that um, sex is not just physical, it's um, emotional, it's mental, and it's spiritual. And today, uh, we'll talk about an, a different topic, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how to treat a woman. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, okay. I know some, some of the women are fired up about this, okay? You know, somebody just lit up. But... Um, you know, but women, please uh, don't go like this to your husbands. 
Don't, don't give him that look of, I told you so. So, just keep your head straight. So, let's turn to First Peter. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I'm no expert. And I'm still learning how to treat my wife and all the women around me um, in a way that God calls me to treat them. In fact, uh, when I told my wife uh, I have this topic, um, she told me, you better be a good example. <laughs> and I love my wife. She just wants me to speak with conviction. And now going to this topic. It, in our culture, women are viewed, presented, talked about, and sung about like a, a commodity. Let me say that again. In our culture, women are viewed, presented, talked about, and sung about like a, a commodity. And what's a commodity, you might, you might ask? It's a good or article that you trade, that you use. Something that you trade in for something of greater value. And what's some examples? Um, we have uh, fruits. We have vegetables, we have uh, precious metals, and those things are commodity, commodities that you trade. And if you think about it, um, the billboards that you see, the TV commercials, um, on the internet, and day in, day out, that's what we see yeah. and hear about. And subconsciously, and sometimes um, consciously, we let that infect our thinking. And with this, we can treat women in our lives like a commodity. And as bad as our society is today, it was so much more, uh, more worse in the first century, during Jesus' time. Back then, women were really a commodity. They were not educated. They were not um, allowed to own land. They were poor. They um, didn't have a legal status. And they had few rights. And they were not uh, treated well. And in fact, during that time, if you were a Jewish woman, um, a husband could not divorce you for any reason. If, they, if he didn't like your hair in the morning, uh, you didn't look, um, they, if they didn't like your cooking, you know, they could divorce you for whatever reason. And um, the women could not divorce the men. And so, it was such a, a perversion of um, the law during that time. And in this society, uh, Jesus comes into uh, the scene and where he, um, he speaks to and he befriends women in public. And in this time, you're not to be seen with women uh, in public, especially if you were a Jewish man. And Jesus was so um, counterculture that he becomes friends with women. Uh, an example is the women at the well, um, the Samaritan, and uh, he treats them with dignity. He treats them with honor. And Jesus, Jesus had uh, women uh, following him, and rabbis and teachers um, during that time didn't. They didn't have uh, women following them, but Jesus had women following him, and they were part of his inner circle. And in fact, uh, Jesus reveals himself first to a woman. You know, we know that. And not to those um, knucklehead disciples that ran away. 
But whether you're in the 1st century or 21st century, now, um, in John uh, 13, um, you don't have to turn there, it says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And so, as Jesus is talking, and, you know, I can picture uh, a chauvinist guy talking uh, in the back and says, uh, even the women? Yes, even the women. Be quiet. Even the women. Love one another. And the teaching of uh, Jesus was so revolutionary. The way society looks at women then and now was, take her, use her, and when you're done with her, trade her in for something better. And in 1 Peter, I want to share what um, Peter's view on women. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. It says that be considerate. Treat them with respect. Honor them. And what is honor? You put value. You put worth. And then Peter says, treat them with respect as the weaker partner. And I know I probably lost some of the women at weaker. <laughs> what are you talking about weaker? Who are you calling weaker? And before you shut down, stay with me. What the Bible simply means is that generally men were physically more stronger than women. Okay. Now men, don't get prideful about uh, our physical strength. Married men, we all know when we get our uh, wives angry... They gain superhuman strength. <laughs> they can probably uh, throw us off a building with one hand. My wife, she's beautiful. She's sweet. She's lovely. But now, when I'm a knucklehead, when, she, when I get her angry, she can send fire and lightning from heaven. And... Yeah, in my eyes, she can become the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> but she's my beautiful, wonderful, sweet, incredible, incredible Hulk. <laughs> and she gets me back on track. Amen. And I love you, baby. <laughs> so God calls us men to take care of women. Not mistreat them. Not abuse them. It also says that they are heirs. Now keep in mind that in those days, women were not allowed to own property. It was always the firstborn son that got the property. So this was so revolutionary that God was calling women to be co-heirs with the men. She is just as much an heir to an eternal life as you are, as men. And if you don't treat her with honor and respect, it says your prayers will be hindered. You will have no connection with God whatsoever. And no, some of you can be saying, I appreciate all this, but I'm a single. What I can encourage you with is practice now. Practice now. If you don't practice becoming the right person now, you'll, you will bring that 
all that junk to the time when you're married. Isn't that right, married people? Even things that are in the past can haunt us. Renew your mind and practice becoming the person that you are looking for. And in Romans 12, um, let's go to verse 2, Romans 12. It says there, Okay, I hear pages turning. Come on. Amen. It says there in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the NIV version. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, that word transform. I'm a big Transformer fan. Transformers fan. And some of you have seen um, some of the movies. There's been uh, three movies that came out. But before the movies came out, before the cartoons came out, you know, when I was a teen, I used to get the toys. They, they came out as toys in, uh, first. And I used to collect them, and as, you know, sometimes these days I still get them. Uh, but anyway, I was always fascinated at how they become one thing, like a, a car, a truck, a plane, and then they become another thing, like a robot. And... Yeah, you know, my wife thinks I'm playing with toys. Yeah, you know, but me, uh, you know, it's for me. It's like a puzzle. Yeah, you know, men and women have uh, such different views, and, and I'm fascinated with how the engineering works uh, with this. And I can spend hours trying to transform it. And so I'm transforming this thing, and I don't even read the instructions, and that's probably why it's taking me hours. Uh, but when it's done. You know, I'm amazed, you know, it's totally something different. You know, it's a change. And that's what the Bible calls us to transform from this to this. And when you work on yourself, you are allowing God to turn you into uh, a completely different person um, into another person. And so change from this character to a different character. Change how you think this way to how you think that way. If the world thinks that women should be treated as a commodity, transform into someone that treats them with love, respect, and honor. Mm. And just some practicals. Um, I, I think the teens are not here, but this goes for you too. Um, campus, we have campus, we have singles, and um, maybe some of the marries uh, will get something out of this. But... Some practicals uh, and applications is um, change what you listen to and what you watch. And what do I mean by that? For me, I'm blessed to have uh, two wonderful kids. And so with that, most of the things I watch are kids shows. And things I listen to are kids music. And many times I find myself humming, there's a party in my tummy. So yummy, so yummy. <laughs> Some of you know that show. If you have a kid, you know what, I, what I'm talking about. I'm not saying go watch Yo Gabba Gabba. Or any kid shows. But what I'm saying is that if there's a song or a show, 
um, or anything that show a woman portrayed in a derogatory way, avoid it. Don't watch it and don't listen to it. And if you continue to listen or watch it, you know, people portrayed in a derogatory way, guess what? Guess what? That's what you'll start thinking. And that kind of thinking will not allow you to have a healthy relationship with others and most importantly, a relationship with God. Another thing, uh, pornography. Basically, it's erotic imagery. Yeah, it's a big thing for men. But in our society here in the U.S., studies show that um, 60 million people are involved in, with uh, sexual issues on the Internet. You know, and that's in the studies. And almost 50% of households say pornography has caused problems in their families. Sure. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's an addiction, just like substance abuse. You get a temporary high, and when it's over, you're feeling empty. And who does it hurt the most? It's you, yourself. It's, and it also hurts the, those around you, the women around you, and the children in your life. And you know what um, pornography teaches you? It teaches you three things. One, a real body is not good enough. Two, one body is not good enough. And three, your wife's body is not good enough. And single guys, you might say, but I'm not married. But let me tell you something. If you're watching pornography now, I guarantee you, you'll watch it when you're married. And this is destroying marriages all over the U.S. And marriage is a wonderful thing if you do it God's way. And I just want to say something to the ladies also. Don't dress like a commodity nor accept being treated like one. What do I mean by that? And here's a lesson from um, the world of fishing. The, the church is going fishing next weekend, right? It's exciting. And, you know, a fisherman baits his hook with what? Let me say that again. A fisherman baits his hook with what? Whatever he's fishing for. I know that's deep. <laughs> what I'm saying is if you fish with your body then the only thing you will catch are body catchers every single time if you troll with your bodies guess, guess what you'll get men that want your body and then I used to hear this a lot men are all alike men are all alike no, maybe all the men you date are alike. God created you. You are so much more than just a body. Save your body for later. No, you can show your mind, your intelligence, your love for God, your spirituality. Save your body for later. Because this is pleasing to God. Amen. First Corinthians um, six, verse nineteen. Come on, bro. Come on, it says, "Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, 
whom you have received from God, you're not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your body. Or else you'll keep having this party, this pattern where you meet the wrong guys and then you'll start thinking all men are pigs and um, most men are, but, um, but not all men are. Amen. You know, if you catch a guy with your body, then you are going to have to keep him with your body. I have news for you. As cute as you are now, that's all I'm going to say. I'm just saying. Every year, we celebrate our birthdays. Right? That's it. If you're single, you are preparing for marriage. If you're married, you're preparing for the next stages of your life. And let me tell you, Looking at time when Marisol and I were uh, first married, and it's going to be uh, 11 years coming May, and from the time I said my vows to cherish and to honor, those were promises and commitments I made. Now those are promises uh, we married people have made to each other, right? Yeah. Those are the times I made to my. Uh, the promise I made to my wife, and let me tell you, from that day till now, 11 years later, I can't even count how many times I broke that promise. <laughs> and this is what I learned. Promises are not good substitutes for preparation. And in most cases, all couples make promises that are, uh, we are unable to keep. And in some respects, commitments can become overrated, because if you promise something that you cannot deliver, that promise is irrelevant. For example, today we have the LA Marathon, right? And we have um, people in our church uh, running today and uh, may not be here. But for example, if I promise to run the marathon today and, and finish in two hours, that sounds awesome, right? Incredible. But... I've never ran any marathon in my whole life. I've never exercised even this whole year. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to be able to keep that promise? No, no. no way, right? After, probably after the first mile, I'll start walking and finish the, ne the next day. <laughs> it takes preparation. Right. And just because we say I do, it doesn't mean it makes us able. It doesn't mean it makes us capable. It, it's like the guy who gets arrested for uh, drinking under the influence. Wait, that, that sounds wrong. <laughs> drinking under <laughs> the influence of driving, right? No. DUI. Driving under the influence. But it's like this guy who was arrested. He says, I had the right to remain silent. But I did not have the ability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it takes preparation. And preparation involves breaking bad habits. Yeah. Let's go to Proverbs uh, 14, Come on, verse 8.
14, verse 8, it says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So that the prudent person understands that life is all connected, and that what you do now will show up in the future. It says, give thought to their ways. And what are, what are ways? It's behaviors, it's patterns, it's habits in our lives. It's habits of a person. Let's go down to Proverbs 14. In verse 15 it says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. And when you're in love, you know, we can believe anything, right? It's like uh, what Gio spoke about last week. When you think you're in love, you lose sight of reality. But we have the same song. Our initials are the same. <laughs> and, and you think that you're, you're the only two person with the same initials in the whole world. We wore the same color socks today. Oh, Our minds are the same. We're so connected. But does he have a job? <laughs> you know, and that's the reality we don't see. <laughs> And if that's you, I'm sorry, I apologize, I'm making fun here, but, but you will lose your mind in love, and we get goo goo gaga over that person. That's what the Proverbs is talking about. The simple will believe anything. We have to be prudent and give thought to our ways. Amen. Work on it before it happens. You got to prepare. Commit now to becoming someone who can commit later. And I'll say it again. Commit now to becoming someone who can commit later. And I, I think I'm running out of time, but just going over some things that might prepare you for, um, for becoming the right person. Address unresolved childhood issues. And we are all different. We all have different issues. Yep. And for me, I have a great dad. But he was a very strict man. And when he spoke, he sounded angry and very unloving. And so, I picked this up. I grew up and I picked this up. And I brought that into my marriage. And sometimes when I speak to my wife, I can sound with my tone of voice very angry and I can be very unloving to my wife and even to my kids. And so, my kids will pick that up. And the cycle continues. And I still fall short at times, but, you know, I have to apologize to my wife and I have to apologize to my kids, you know, for my tone of voice. But the best thing to do is work on myself. Amen. Work on yourself and prepare to make that commitment. And so, address whatever it is. Any issues. Another one, get out of debt. You know, we just finished um, our series on stewardship. And as a single, I believe that you can get out of debt so much more quickly as a, as a single person than a married person. That's true. And if you're single and you have a lot of debt... That's a behavior or a pattern that you can carry 
uh, into your marriage, whenever that time is. And you don't want that unnecessary, unnecessary pressure in your marriage. Also, when you're single you have, and, you, and you have debt, and you want to get married, <clears throat> that should even be more of a motivation for you to get rid of your debt. <clears throat> and before I, I was married, um, I still owed uh, $38,000. You know, anyone relate uh, to that kind of debt? So, but it was a, a good debt, I'd say. I went to this unknown college called Univer Columbia University back in New York. Uh, never heard of it. It was very expensive. Don't go there. <laughs> but when I met Marisol, you know, I was so motivated to get rid of that debt because I wanted to marry her. And don't look at her. You know, don't make her blush. But when you have enough motivation, you get creative. And for me, I had to think of ways to get rid of that. I had, um, I had, to, I had cheap rent from my parents' house. I rented, I paid like $300 a month uh, for a floor in their house. And, you know, that's very cheap back in New York. But I was motivated. And monthly, um, one of my paychecks went into paying off the this debt, and then the next paycheck was, was my budget. You know, that's what I had to spend on. And during that time, I don't remember buying clothes, and yeah, there were good clothes, you know. If, but I'm not saying if you have holes in your clothes, don't, don't buy, don't, you know, get rid of it. But, you know, I didn't need new clothes because I had so many. And so, that, I saved a lot of uh, money because of that. And and so I packed um, lunch for work. Uh, I didn't drink soft drinks. Um, and during that time, uh, it was just a matter of being creative. And I, I don't know what you, you guys, you're single, you can be creative. But, you know, at the same time, I, I think I should tell you that don't neglect, um, uh, don't let finances... Be an excuse to compromise in your relationship with God. Oh, amen. Don't, and you know, don't, you gotta still gotta spend time with other people. And I remember, you know, even though I was trying to get rid of the, this debt, um, you know, I was, st I was still single, so I still dated the sisters. I encouraged them. Amen. I still gave my contribution. Amen. And I never missed church. Amen. Don't let finances be an excuse. And you know that $38,000 debt? It was gone in two and a half years. And I don't know how I did it, but it was motivation. You know, use that as a single person to motivate you. Yeah, of course I did it for God too. I wanted to go into the ministry. But then I was looking ahead to my beautiful wife. And... So, I can't imagine having that debt now, now that I'm married. And being married now, you know, sometimes we still have financial uh, challenges. But what more if I had that debt? Get rid of it now. Get rid of debt now. And that's uh, breaking bad habits. We all have bad habits. Break them now instead of waiting later. Whether it's consumer debt, uh, substance abuse, pornography, whatever... Work on it before you get into a relationship. Another one. 
Um, and we're going to close off. Uh, postpone physical part of relationship as long as possible. Amen. And you know what this shows? It shows self-control. And I'm not telling you something that can't be done. And I'm not saying not to hold hands um, or anything. And yeah, I hear couples deciding not to kiss uh, until their wedding day. Yeah, but that's up to you. And, uh, you know, in fact, there's probably um, people here in the church that have done that. And if you're, if you're married and your wedding day was um, your first kiss, you know, raise your hand. Okay, see, it can be done. I'm in there. But, you know, I'm included in there. But let me tell you, the first time I kissed Marisol, heaven opened up. I was in the clouds. But what I'm saying is, work on self-control. It will be worth it. And if you're already married and that wasn't your first kiss, you know, I mean, that's okay too. But I'm sure, you, you know, many Amen. still had uh, pure relationships. Amen. But if you're single, this is a choice you'll have to make one day. And... Invest in your future by exercising self-control. And I don't know where this uh, message lands with you. We are all all at different stages of of life. And I want to share this last scripture with you. In Philippians 2. Come on, bro. Philippians 2, verse 1. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in Spirit, and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen.